Hello, Sharks. I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here with Tristan Wade, who plays lots and lots of poker here in Las Vegas, and you never know who you're going to find in your games. You play with all sorts of celebrities. Sometimes, yeah. Tell us about this hand you played the other day. So, I'm at the Bellagio, I'm sitting down playing. See somebody familiar? Who is it? UFC superstar Darren Till. One of the best fighters in the world, fought for a title a couple years ago, and still hunting for a title today, so he's a young guy, and he's a big poker fan. So that was pretty cool to see him, and I had an interesting hand, actually a couple interesting hands I played against him, but uh, one that we'll discuss right now. Sounds good. Maybe you have multiple hands? We'll do two videos then. Okay, let's Think do Think of it. the value. Let's do it. All right, let's see. Darren raises. If a big, strong person raises, do you get intimidated and play tightly? Man, he wasn't that intimidating. He's about my size. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably got about 10 or 15 pounds on me. And knowing what he's done to people in the ring was a little scary. But he's, not a, he's a nice guy. He wasn't intimidating. He, he, was a, he was a nice guy. Some people at the poker table try to use call machoism to try to intimidate their opponents. Maybe they stare you down. Maybe they're sitting up in their chair. Maybe they are <laughs> super ripped. Verbal machoism, too. It's all ridiculous. Yeah. If anything, they're trying to make you play poorly. All you should do is play perfectly against them. All right. Anyway, he raises it up to 30 bucks. You are on the button with pocket sevens. Pretty nice call spot. Yeah, pretty we, easy call spot. Nothing else to do here. You do not want to re-raise, because if you re-raise, and then he four-bets, it's terrible. And even if he calls, you're going to have an underpair most of the time. It's not where you want to be. Call, try to make a set, or an overpair. Go from there. All right. Flop comes. Queen, six, two. Two hearts. We are heads up. We, and we do have the seven of hearts. You were probably just about to say that. I was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He opts to check. What do you think that does to his checking range? Darren's a little splashy. I'm going to tell you folks right now, this guy is a splashy player, but he's not... He's not off the wall. He's splashy, but restrictive in a sense. So when he checks, I'm comfortable... And I don't think it matters much. And I think I mostly have the best hand, really. Yeah. When people check from a GTO point of view, usually it's going to be either a super duper nut hand, like a set of queens. It's kind of hard to have a set of queens. Or it's going to be something like an underpair to the board. Pocket jacks, something like that. Maybe a hand like queen nine suited if he opened it just to have easy check call downs. But most of the time it's going to be with stuff like a random six for middle pair, maybe ace-king, ace-jack, ace-ten, stuff like that. There's a whole lot of ace-highs that kind of want to see a cheap showdown. That said, I bet he can bet this flop pretty often, but he does not. Yes. So, fine. He checks, and you decide to make a $30 bet for about half-ish pot, a little bit less than half pot. And that's my first mistake, I think. <laughs> I think half pot is okay. My hand probably performs okay to a half-size, half-pot size bet there. I don't think I had to go that large, though. I think a third pot here would have done the same justice. A third pot's also nice because it lets them stick around with every worse hand that has any bit of showdown value that you're actually in pretty good shape against. The problem, though, is you open yourself to getting check raised or just getting check called by pocket jacks. It's not folding, right? Like, yes. you're not bluffing here. You are trying to get called by worse stuff. Right. So, you know, fine, whatever. I I'm okay with the bet. I think the, the flop bet's fine. If you had a hand like jacks, maybe you should check it, because sevens is way more vulnerable to getting outdrawn than pocket jacks, even though they're both like you know, better than middle pair. So as your hand needs more protection, you should be more inclined to bet it, if it's likely the best hand. So you bet 30, 
And then he folded? Check raises me to 60. What? Minimum? Just the minimum. Says, hey, Tristan, I raise you, mate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I want to know what everybody else would do in this spot already. We have UFC Master opening from early position. Check men raising us on queen 6-2. We have a pair of sevens. What would you do in this scenario? Take a second to think about it. Would you give him the pot, ignoring your pot odds? Would you call? Or would you get ready to battle right. and put in the re-raise? And then oh. if you re-raise, you put in a small re-raise or just ship it all in on him. What's he going to call with? Pause the video and write what you would do in the comment section below. All right, Tristan, what are you thinking about in this scenario? Facing a check minimum raise Whew. from a guy who is, you know, slightly splashy, but still playing well. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw Darren do some goofy things, but I also saw him be friendly and get the showdown cheaply after these spots. You know, he might check raise you the minimum and then just bet 20 bucks on the turn or something. So he wasn't always blasting in big pots. So with all that said, I think with me having a heart, with me having sevens on queen six deuce, it would be... Injustice to me to fold right now. As a poker pro, I couldn't just give this guy the pot. So I'm continuing, I'm calling, I'm seeing a turn, and I still don't believe him per se, because what does he really have to do this with? The only hands that make any sense are perhaps over pairs, like aces, maybe pocket queens, maybe pocket sixes, maybe pocket twos. Is he playing the queen six suited or the six two suited? Is he that splashy? I mean, I don't know. He's under the gun seven. I don't know. <laughs> you know, could he do this with queen jack, queen ten, queen king? Maybe. I think mm. that's kind of in his wheelhouse if he feels like, hey, just top pair is good here and I'm going to milk it a little bit. So that's another thing I had considered. Okay. Tough spot. I'm not sure if your seven of hearts is all that relevant here because the fact that you have the seven blocks some of his flush draws, which makes him more likely to have value which is like bad for you, right? Yep. But at the same time, if it runs off two hearts, sometimes you just win against aces or set of queens, right? So it's relevant, but it's not super relevant, right? Yeah. At least in my mind. Whatever. Okay, we call. Turn is the five of diamonds. Undercard, that's good. And on this turn card, he actually bets 100 into me, throws out a black chip. Mm. So that was a little different from him because I hadn't seen him casually toss out the bigger denomination chips. You'll find when you're playing live cash games, people are usually pretty loose and splashy with their $5 chips and $10 chips or whatever, but whenever they get out the black chips or the purple chips or the yellow chips, right. oh, okay, <laughs> okay, we're playing now. But so, it was casual. He tossed it in casually, and still it doesn't make sense. Where's a good turn card? Five of diamonds is the undercard to the six still, and this was someone I'm confused about. Mm. I am honestly confused how he's going to play me. So... I'm confused what to do here. Yeah, tough spot. So look, whenever he casually... So look, we have, we have two things that, that feel kind of bad here to me already. Like alarm bells are going off. Check men raise is already... Hmm, he wants you to stay in the pot. That's a mm -hmm. problem. Then the casual throwing in of $100 chips. Like, <laughs> I don't care about this money. Okay, you may have the nuts here. All right, so... You just thought, you don't care. You I couldn't believe him yet still. I've seen too much randomness from him that made me feel like my hand could still be good. And I was uncertain. So since with all those variables, I casually threw an $100 chip too. You may be a calling station. Maybe. Um, 
live tells are important in these scenarios because some people will casually throw in the money into the pot only with the nuts. Some will do it only with bluffs, trying to level you. So, I mean, you, we have no read here. We don't know what's going on. But if you played with him many days in a row, maybe you see this casual throwing of the money into the pot and you see it's always a bluff or mostly a bluff or always the nuts or mostly the nuts, that can heavily sway your decision here one way or the other. Yeah. Like if you know it's just value heavy, you just fold. If you know it's bluff heavy, you don't fold, right? All right, you call. River is the eight of spades. All right. All right. We got to the river. Congrats. Yeah. Please check to me. Yeah. <laughs> if he checks. So I can check back. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Well, what happened? Uh, he casually threw out another $100 chip. Another, oh, my God. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I, I, now, I stepped now, into it, right? Now I'm almost in the pot odds <laughs> mentality of, uh, I mean, we have to put in 100 to win a million, so it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, that said... Like, would he ever do this with a random eight? Like, nine eight of hearts? Like, probably not. Maybe. Like, that's the kind of hand I'm looking, I'm thinking we're going to see here now. Like, random ace eight of hearts, king eight of hearts, queen jack. Maybe some weird nut hand, like a set still, that's trying to get called by some marginal hand. Yeah. Weird spot to bet small. And and There, and if you're watching this, you should probably bet big on the river with everything. Just so you know. Because then it puts all of Tristan's hands, like queen jack, in a pretty nasty spot. Because Tristan's going to have a lot of queen jack type stuff here. Yeah. And you want to make all of those hands indifferent to calling. Whereas when you bet 100, it's just like, yeah, sure, call. And if you only do this with value, then you're just missing a lot of value, and you also don't get any bluffs through. And you probably want to go bigger, with, with your whole range in general in spots like this. Because as Darren has played this, he should be very polarized to either a really good made hand or a busted draw of some mm -hmm. sort. And when that is your range, hands that are always good or always not good, you typically want to be betting very big. Yeah, and he just went with the same size from the turn a fourth of the pot, and unfortunately for him, I'm, I'm towards the bottom of my range. Sevens are pretty bad. <laughs> I have one of the worst, aside from a 6X type hand that I, that just doesn't believe him, I have one of the worst hands I'm going to have now at the river. So, Also, the fact that you have the seven of hearts is now bad because you make it less likely he has a flush draw, right? Yep. Because he can't have a seven of hearts, king seven of hearts, jack seven of hearts, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I... Now I'm trying to get a read on my player. Mm. Mr. Darren, what are you doing here? A hundred? You're milking me again? Ah, you, come on, man. And after bantering with him a little back and forth, I get a couple smiles, what have you. I end up pushing my cards in the muck because I, I already gave him a hundred dollars. I felt bad about on the turn. I couldn't take it to give him another hundred and be wrong. I couldn't take it to not collect the pot and be wrong. Yes, yes. This was still early in our session, so I was feeling them out. I will say that there's a lot of merit in calling early in the session. True. To actually figure him out. Because imagine you fold and he mucks, you learn nothing. But if you call, you do get to see his cards. And imagine he shows up with a hand that you would not expect to see. Like any any random bluff or like some super thin value bet, like pocket jacks. Like that kind of thing is very, very valuable. So very true. I would actually be more inclined to call this early in the session because then you learn for the future. Mm -hmm. But if he's a nice guy, maybe he'll show you anyway. And that's a good point. It just so happened that he said he usually doesn't show hands. He usually isn't that chatty. But in some instance, in this case, he slid me his hand. Let me look at it. Oh, how nice. And rolled over the queen six of spades. Top two pair on the flop. Top two pair on the flop. He's raising queen six suited under the gun. And just milking me along the way. So 
You got an extra hundred out of me that you shouldn't have got, Mr. Till. Good job, good work. You yeah, would have got an extra work. 200 out of me, because I would have called the river. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's talk about strategy adjustments against players who raise slightly too wide before the flop. Because yes. in, especially live cash games, a lot of people just raise a little bit wide, like Queen-6 suited. To be fair, that's actually not egregiously wide. It's a little wide. Like, King-6 suited should be raised. Queen-6 suited, probably not. So what should you do against someone who raises a little bit too wide pre-flop? I mean, I like calling. I like calling those people when I'm in position with my good hands. And the other thing is, you can attack them with three bets. So if you feel like you're going to have a post-flop advantage and you're going to be able to play good hands in position and win more chips post-flop, then yes, call. But if you feel like, hey, these people are going to continue to be splashy, continue with these bad hands, then three bet the heck out of them with your good hands. Yeah, you should probably... And your marginal good hands. Three like bet a little bit wider. And stuff. A little but bit yes. wider for value. Uh, just essentially a slightly more linear range. If they're going to call a lot. If they're going to fold a lot, though, like say he's going to open the queen six suited and fold to a three bet, you should actually be three bet bluffing a lot. because Especially with like random blocker hands like ace-x. Because if you know they're not going to call, you want to block their continuing range which is like definitely not the GTO strategy against a GTO opponent, but if your opponent has the leak of playing too many hands pre-flop and then folding them to aggression, you just get, get to collect a lot of free pots. So lots of ways you can attack players who play too many hands. But, um, well, you paid him 100 bucks this time for fun. You got an extra 100 I told him, I said, hey, I'm getting that 100 back. Now you're not going to be able to afford the next UFC fight. <laughs> Tough luck. All right, yeah. that's going to be it for today. If you enjoyed this video, let us know. Click the like button, click the subscribe button, click the notification bell. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.